Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzer, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Elise Dharma, and we're going to explore how to use Instagram as a sales funnel without any advertising. Trust me, you're absolutely going to love this episode. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can tag me on Instagram. I'm at Stelzner. Or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now let's transition over to this week's interview. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Elise Dharma. If you don't know who Elise is, you need to know who she is. She's an Instagram marketing expert who specializes in helping business owners scale with Instagram. Her courses are Story Vault and Insta Growth Boss. Elise, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I'm ready to dive in. So today, Elise and I will explore how to use organic content on Instagram to build a sales funnel. So Elise, before we get started, I would love to hear your story. How did you get involved with Instagram? Start wherever you want to start. Sure. I could start my childhood, but I'll skip that boring part. I'll start with when I was a ex nine to fiver and I had this love of travel instilled in me and the two week vacation thing didn't really work for me. It didn't, it wasn't enough time to travel. So I started freelancing my marketing skills on the side of my job because I worked with startups in, in the tech incubator. So eventually they began to see me as the 
Facebook girl or the Twitter girl, which was the case back in 2010, I believe this was. And by 2013, I had my first client. And by 2014, I was able to quit my job and actually start an agency full-time where I was offering services to e-commerce brands. So I kind of coasted after that. I was traveling, I was working online, but my revenue, my income level kind of coasted at the same time. And in 2016, I thought, you know, I want financial independence. I don't want just location independence. I want financial freedom and I need to make more money. So what I decided to do was for the first time, grow a personal brand on Instagram. Because before that, I was just growing client accounts. So I I took my travel photos, I wrote some stories, and I really dug into Instagram marketing and Instagram growth. And in 2016, I grew to, I think it was 30,000 followers in in a summer. And then by the end of the year, 50,000 followers. But I made all the wrong mistakes. Or are they the right mistakes? I made all the mistakes because I was growing my Instagram account as a portfolio for future clients. I wasn't doing things like capturing emails and I wasn't really getting to know the people who were following me. What I came to find out was they didn't want my agency services. They wanted to know how I was traveling so much. How was I growing on Instagram? So this was the start of my personal brand, Elise Dharma, and I kind of fell into it. So by 2017, just by talking to my followers and really understanding what they wanted, I was able to create my very first digital product. And that's Instagrowth Boss, as you mentioned. And since then, my business has completely changed. And now we're really not focused on the agency side of things. I'm just deep into being an Instagram educator for my fellow business owners. I help people sell their coaching, their services, their products, all through Instagram because it is an amazing sales and marketing tool. Somewhere along the line, you included uh, YouTube in your strategy. Can you share a little bit about what you were doing over there and when you started that? Yeah. YouTube was something that I've wanted to do since I think 2016 as well, right when I started Instagram. That's when I bought my very first online course in 2016 and did not produce. I didn't create a video. I actually have a video background. That's what I studied in university. So Hmm. I had this default excuse of like, oh, I know how to do this stuff. I just need to do it. But of course, when you're running your own business, sometimes the last task is your own marketing, right? You're especially when you're doing client work. So for years, I wanted a YouTube channel, didn't bring in the systems to make it happen. And it wasn't until 2018, when I hired my first full time team member, I made this a key part of their role as like, we're gonna go all in on YouTube, you're gonna help me create and publish a, a weekly video. And let's see what happens. So this was just about a year ago, actually. And we stuck with it. We've done one video a week. And it's been really interesting to see the YouTube algorithm, a whole other platform. But it's been interesting to see what videos have been picked up. And from what I can gather, YouTube sees me as an Instagram authority now. So that's really the focus of our channel is just how to's and and trainings on Instagram for business. Well, and that's how I found you, which is kind of exciting because I you had kind of been on my radar. But then when I saw a lot of the work that you were doing on YouTube, I was really impressed and I reached out to you and you agreed to come on the show. So awesome to have you. Thanks for catching my videos. I appreciate it. And you do a great job for anybody who wants to check her out. Definitely go check out the work she's done on YouTube. 
So let's transition over to Instagram. Obviously, you've been focusing on it for years. And there's a lot of people right now that are interested in doing more with Instagram. To the marketers that are listening, why do you think Instagram is a platform they might want to consider focusing on now? What's your thoughts for them? In the last two years, especially, it's just been such a proven, amazing sales and marketing tool. And I remember things changed for me in 2018 when I saw industry leaders in the online business space saying for the first time things like, Instagram is the most important platform for your business today. That was people like Russell Brunson, who said that at Funnel Hacking Live and you know, a few other industry leaders. And I was shocked. I was in the audience like filming with my camera, like this is crazy. I've known Instagram is amazing for years, but now the greater industry is picking up on it. And I think even when we look at Facebook, the parent company, when we look at Facebook's actions, especially when they release new features, whether it's for Facebook or Instagram, I don't know about you, Mike, but I continually see Facebook putting its efforts and its like newest, shiniest features to Instagram. I agree. We've seen so many updates to Instagram, especially in the last year. And I think Facebook and Instagram is doing a great job of giving us a sales tool. Now, this has shifted things for us, too, because when Instagram became popular, I'd say in 2016, it really became popular in the influencer sense, right? That's when we were seeing people with 100,000 followers, a million followers, free trips, free clothing, things like that. And us business owners, we got a little confused looking at that. We're like, oh, so we need to be Instagram famous for this to be worth our while. And I believe that too. In 2016, I was gunning for followers. I wasn't like really generating great relationships. I wasn't collecting emails. But the truth is there are people out there with 100,000 followers making $0. And there are people that I work with every day with less than a thousand followers making five figures. So in the last two years, Instagram has really proven to me to be a great place to connect with your customer. That's why you really just need a quality following who are actually going to care about your business and then become customers. So that's where I'm seeing my students succeed the most. Well, and if I could add some more insight to this, our 2020 social media marketing industry report, which recently came out as of this recording, revealed that marketers most want to learn more about Instagram. And we're seeing the interest in Instagram is definitely at an all-time high. And I believe it's because it's an opportunity. There's a lot of people on the platform. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but they're pretty substantial. And a lot of people are going there for an escape, maybe from the other social platforms, or maybe they're going there because they just find it to be such a unique opportunity to just scroll through the feed or watch stories. And I think it represents a huge opportunity for marketers if they can figure out how to use Instagram. That's why I've got you on the show today. So you've come up with a unique kind of funnel, if you will. And you know, we talked about this in the pre-show, an Instagram organic sales funnel. So mm -hmm. first of all, what the heck is an organic sales funnel on Instagram? Let's start by defining it and then maybe we can dig a little bit deeper. Yes, for sure. Because it does sound very buzzy. But the way I describe really what an Instagram funnel is, is a customer journey. So if you don't love the term funnel, just think of it as a customer journey we are all consumers, right? We've all bought something before. And generally a brand has taken us on a journey to first become aware 
that they even exist, right? That's the first step, awareness. Then our interest was piqued, right? We had to get a little curious about what they were offering. That's the next step. Then we desired what this brand was offering. Maybe it was the brand new Nike shoes. Maybe it was, you know, the amazing course on Instagram. We built this desire for the thing. And that's what pushes us over the edge to become a customer. That is essentially a customer journey. And as I mentioned, Instagram has so many great features now. Instagram literally gives us these features to help someone move along the customer journey every step of the way. So if we flip this idea of a customer journey and think of it from the business's perspective, right, to make someone aware of you, you need visibility, right? And that's when a lot of people want growth. They want followers. Then to create interest, we need engagement. We need our followers to engage with our posts, comment, share, DM, all that great stuff. Next, to generate desire, we need leads. We need to know who in our business or in our following is thinking like, hmm, I'm kind of interested. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you my email or I'll answer your poll, something like that. And lastly, to get customers, we need sales. So I can break it down in a bit too. But what I've discovered is that Instagram's features fit every step of this customer journey perfectly. And I can share with you which ones are great for which one, because once you understand this, it actually takes the overwhelm out of Instagram. I think the features are great. Things like all the stickers, the going live, the IGTV, but it can be overwhelming, especially when you are the social media marketer for your brand. You don't really know what you should be focused on, but when you understand your customer journey and which features are best for your goal, then you can kind of focus on what you need and ignore the rest. So that's why I love Instagram. So we're going to get into this in a second, but I've got a curiosity question. If we think of uh, what I heard you say was awareness, curiosity, desire, and then ultimately then becoming a customer. If we think of this maybe in a circle, like a pie chart, what percentage of our content you think needs to be in each one of these little buckets? Is it 25% each? Is it like a huge overwhelming majority in the awareness one. And then it's like, like it truly is like a funnel where it starts with a huge thing at the top and it gets super narrow as you get down, down the funnel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Just as you're describing that, I think the funnel graphic that we see where it's wide at the top and skinny at the bottom, it does fit that, right? The largest pool of your followers are going to be aware of you. A smaller pool are going to be interested, like deeply interested in what you're offering. An even smaller pool of people will desire to give you money in exchange for what you're offering. And then an even smaller group will become customers. And I think, is that just buyer psychology? I don't know, but I would say that in terms of your Instagram content, you do want majority of it to be focused on content that brings you awareness. Then you want a smaller group of your content to be focused on that interest, letting people know what you offer in, uh, like kind of encouraging them to engage with you. Then a smaller group would be um, building that desire for what you offer, really explaining the transformation that your product or offer gives them. And then the smallest portion of your content is going to be sales related. So you're not going to hang out and do all of these phases like equally, like in terms of the year or in terms of your content calendar, I think for the most part, you'll focus on that awareness phase. Perfect. So let's dig into whatever the next part of the process here is. If we're, if we're now 
aware, if you will, that there is a journey, right? That people go through on Instagram and it starts with awareness and then interest and then desire. And then ultimately some of them become a customer. How should we use Instagram specifically when we're creating the sales funnel? Mm -hmm. I settled on this metaphor of seasons. So the weather seasons, you know, even in our businesses, we go through seasons of growth or maybe we're just building on system or, you know, we're behind the scenes. So I really like the idea of seasons similar to the weather seasons. The only difference is weather seasons are generally what, three months of the year, right? They're equal in length. With this metaphor, the story seasons method, just like your last question, I wouldn't say that the seasons are equal in length. So here are the seasons that I've come up with. And we've talked about them loosely, but the very first season is a season of visibility. How do you know your brand is needing visibility on Instagram? Well, here's a few pointers. You might be in a research phase of your audience, a potential product you're making. You're searching for clues and signs. You might just be focused on growing your warm audience. So again, maybe you're on Instagram to get followers because more new eyeballs means more awareness and more potential customers, right? You could also be in a season of visibility if you want to be seen as an expert in your niche. So that's totally viable. Like maybe you have an established business, you have customers, you want people in your industry to know you, right? So essentially you want growth. If you want growth, you're in a season of visibility. The second season is a season of engagement. Now this happens with my students on Instagram. They might reach a thousand followers and then they're like, you know what? This is a good amount of people. What's next? And just like what I went through, you need to turn to your followers and ask for feedback. You need to engage with them so they engage with you. So you're in a season of engagement if maybe you have a product or offer idea and you want to put it out there and you want to confirm that people are interested in it. Or maybe you want to, I don't know, chat with people one-on-one just to get a sense of where their head's at. Again, this is kind of in the research phase, but the season of engagement is essentially you're needing feedback from your current audience. So you're not focused on follower growth. You're just focused on chatting with and connecting with the people who are already following you. Okay, let me ask a quick question. So far, we've talked about visibility and engagement as two of the four seasons. Mm -hmm. Like a regular season, does this mean that we go for a period of time and only work on visibility and then a different period of time and only work on engagement? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Exactly. And a lot of businesses follow this, especially when they follow the launch model, right? So some people will launch a program, let's say twice a year. Mm -hmm. Majority of the year, they're working on visibility. They're looking for uh, new eyeballs on their brand. And then for a shorter portion of the year, especially as they prepare for their launch, they want to touch base with their people. They want to know why they're following them because that feedback might determine what they actually offer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, it's like your last question. They're not all equal in length, but you do switch between them. Yeah. Perfect. So let's go to the third season. Yeah. 
So generally, I experienced this myself. Once I talked to my followers, that's when I moved into a season of lead generation. Because it's one thing for someone to say like, yeah, I'm interested, but it's another thing for them to take action. So a lot of times when we're list building, for example, that puts us in a season of lead generation. So let's say you're preparing for a launch and maybe you're making a pre-launch wait list so that those who are super interested get first dibs. Maybe you're just building anticipation for something to come. Again, a lot of times with the the live launching model, you do this, right? You have months of visibility type content, and then you're building leads. You know, you want to get a list of fresh leads when you launch your new offer. So that's a season of lead generation. I would say after visibility, this is probably a longer season as well, because a lot of times we can be in a season of lead gen, just kind of in the background, especially when you set up like systems in your business to generate leads. So does that, did I explain that one clearly? Yeah, perfect. And we'll come back to these and dig in on each one of these. Uh, once I hear the fourth one, what's the fourth season? Yeah. Fourth season is closing sales. You're in a season of sales. If you are live launching your offer, your cart is open. And Mike, you just went through this with right. a course that you opened not too long ago, right? You're welcoming in new students. You're answering any last questions. You're reiterating your offer over and over again. You're letting people know about the deadline, the price increase, whatever it is, this is where you don't hide. You need to really be clear and let your people know, hey, this is available. This is why you should join. And it's when you switch into a mode of closing sales, really, which I know the idea of sales can be a bit icky for people, but really when you've done all this pre-work and you have an amazing offer that you know is going to solve a major pain point for people, you'll feel excited. You'll feel so pumped to share this with people because you know it's going to help them. And really by closing sales, I just mean you're really answering questions and helping people get off the fence. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question that you might not know how to answer, but I know that there are some people in my audience who have different products that they're always selling. So mm-hmm. you could argue that, you know, what you're talking about works really well for the small coach or smaller business that has seasons where they're in and out of product launches. But what about for the companies that always have stuff to sell? Does mm-hmm. this model work? Do they have to kind of get creative about how they apply something like this? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, funny enough, that is my business model as well. I rarely live launch. I've just never been too great at it. So I've developed a lot of systems that are always running behind the scenes in my business, right? So whether it's a webinar funnel and I'm running ads to get people to my webinar, or maybe I'm just driving them to an opt-in page. So you can have those things set up and running in the background, but just think about what your outward facing goal is for your followers. And for me, it's visibility. Because even with these systems running in the background to, let's say, generate leads or even close sales, I can still always be showing up publicly for my audience in a way that generates visibility to my profile. And for me, I mean, we can dig into Instagram strategy there. But what I'm really loving right now is to create 
community-based content. So it's content in my Instagram feed that's not about me. It's a high value based, like lots of good tips, things that people like and share and, you know, share in their, in their stories because you've created something where they're just so thankful you've nailed it. And they're so happy that you created this thing. So when you create high value content like that and they're sharing it in their stories or their DMS, what's happening is they're kind of recommending you to their audience right? And that's how you generate that visibility by creating content that people share, they tag you in that introduces you to their audience and boom, you've got new eyeballs on your profile. So rookie question here. Mm -hmm. Most people that are in my eyes using Instagram are publishing pictures. How in the world do you make a picture into a really useful piece of content? Um, or are we talking about video and IGTV and stories? I mean, talk to me a little bit about like the kinds of content, maybe at a macro level that, uh, maybe fits into each of these categories. I don't know. That might help a lot yeah. of people, I think, understand how they could accomplish this with the limited features of Instagram. Absolutely. And I'll go back to visibility. Just like I mentioned, the whole goal with the visibility season is to get growth. It's to get new eyeballs on your profile. So there are some great features of Instagram that allow you to do this. But in terms of content, which is what you asked about, you you first mentioned, okay, well, how do you make a photo of yourself shareable? What I love to do with a photo, and I, I am posting less photos of myself, especially as a personal brand, and I know this differs for people who aren't personal brands, but what I'm doing is I'm sharing a photo and I'm sharing something great in the caption. It's kind of about beat me, but not really. So for example, I recently shared a very rare photo of me and my boyfriend. He's not one on my Instagram feed. People don't even know I have a boyfriend. Now they do. (laughs) Hello. We've been together for seven years. Like he has seen it all, uh, but he just doesn't want the spotlight. So he gave me permission to share this photo of him and I, and the caption just, it wasn't really about us. The caption was, it was like a shout out to all the partners of us crazy online business people, like shout out to the partners who make you breakfast, lunch, and dinner when you forget to eat. Shout out to the people who celebrate your wins just as big, if not bigger than you do. So it was kind of like a a rallying cry to support the partners of online business. And what I found was people loved the caption. They weren't that fussed that they saw my boyfriend, but people were sharing this post in their stories and saying, read the caption. That's a big hint to me because what I've done is I've written something that people loved and now I can essentially repurpose that caption and I'll make it a quote card. I'll make it a text-based post. So that way it really removes me out of it. And it's something that people will gladly share or tag their partners in because it's less about me and more about them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is that you've almost like written a little tiny blog post with your picture, right? So the idea is that they're they're scrolling through the feed and they see your photograph and they read the first, what, two lines and then there's a more button, right? And it's like they open up a little story and they get excited about you because you've shared a story attached with the photograph. Is that essentially what yeah. I'm hearing you say? And they can relate to the story too, because it's it's not just about me. So with photo-based content, I love to test it in the caption. And then when the caption takes off, I'll actually just reuse that caption 
in a second piece of content that's less about me. So that's one tip about the visibility season and content. You also mentioned videos. Mm -hmm. Videos are also huge. Like we all have seen our explore page, right? And we can see that Instagram is auto playing IGTVs. It's sharing stories of people that we don't follow. So videos is also a really great way in terms of your content strategy to get more reach and more eyeballs, uh, especially when you're in the visibility season. Uh, real quick on the on the captions, um, any idea off the top of your head how much copy you can have, how much text you can have inside of a caption? Ooh. It's paragraphs, right? I mean, it's not just a few sentences, isn't it? It is a character limit. It's pretty big. Um, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head because I use a scheduling tool that caps me at it. So I think it's over 2,000 characters you yeah. can include in it's, one caption. It's pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. Now on your videos... Are you suggesting keeping them to 60 seconds? Are you more doing vertical stories-based videos? Are you doing Mm -hmm. IGTV? Are you doing all of the above? Well, I'm doing all of the above based on the season that I'm in. And as I mentioned, I'm mostly in a visibility season. And, you know, with this method that I developed, the story seasons method, it was initially developed for your Instagram story only. But we can extrapolate the idea across our entire content strategy. So I'll start with Instagram stories and I'll just mention a few features that you can use to get more visibility. And then I'll talk about the other features too. So when you're in a season of visibility, you want growth, you want followers. One thing you can really do, which is great, is include hashtags in your stories and you can include up to 10. The thing with hashtags in your stories, which is different from posts, is with posts, you want the hashtags to be niche, small, specific. With stories, you want them to be broad. So for me, I could even do hashtag Instagram. That's a huge hashtag or hashtag online business. But that's the difference with story hashtags. You want them to be broad because people have the ability to follow hashtags. So you can share a story and use hashtags in your story. And then people can actually see that story, even if they're not following you. So do you want it broad? Because the idea is you only got 24 hours before it disappears and you want to try to get as much visibility as you can. Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say? Exactly. And I think people are less inclined to actually follow the smaller, more niche hashtags. So I like to keep the, the, the hashtags in my stories very industry broad industry, you know, like the name of your industry, for example. Um, So that's really great way to do it. And the thing with stickers with Instagram stories, there's actually a row of stickers when you're pulling up that menu and making an Instagram story. There's a row of stickers that are beautiful for the visibility season. You'll see three of them in a row. There's location, mention, and hashtag. I feel like Instagram gave us these stickers purely to get new eyeballs on our profile. So if you're ever at a loss, you're making a story and you want to make sure that story gets as much reach as possible, find that row of stickers, location, mention, hashtag. If you use any one of those or all three of them, what you're essentially doing is tagging another account in your story. And, you know, for the mention one, they'll actually get a notification that you tagged them, which is awesome because then they can reshare your story with their followers. So those are like the three best stickers to use when you're in this season of visibility for your story specifically. Cool. Anything else about visibility that you want to mention before we talk about the next one? Well, in terms of your greater content strategy, I think we touched on it in terms of like 
um, video content. I really love IGTV, especially because I'm a YouTuber now <laughs> in the last year. And uh, I like to repurpose my YouTube videos and turn them into IGTV videos. And that has been actually surprisingly amazing for my business. It's funny. I thought, oh, that's repetitive. Like, if I publish it on YouTube, they've already seen this video. If I pu publish it on IGTV, that's going to be annoying. But surprisingly, no one complains. Like, people aren't seeing my content across all platforms. So I really love that strategy. If anyone does do video, don't be afraid to publish it on YouTube and then repurpose it for IGTV, maybe a week after publishing. Is there a duration limit on IGTV? Is it like 10 minutes or something like that? Or do you know? Yeah, you can publish up to 60 minutes. Oh, 60. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, and then you'll just have to upload that from your desktop. Anything that's 10 minutes or less, you can upload from your phone. Are you doing anything special at the one minute mark on your version that you're creating for Instagram to kind of entice people to go from the feed into the IGTV or are you just kind of letting it roll? I'm letting it roll because it's our YouTube video and our YouTube video is generally structured in a way that it's like a tease, an intro, and then we get in. Perfect. So it, it kind of works for IGTV as well. Yeah. So in the visibility stage, basically we're creating content that's designed to motivate people or inspire people or inform people or educate people. I mean, just in some way so that they want to follow us. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Exactly. The type of content that someone else can share because it makes them look good, right? Got it, got it makes it. them informed or whatever. And then it exposes you to their audience. And it's like the best recommendation. It's the best testimonial or referral you can get today is when someone takes your beautiful content that you make and they share it in their stories or they send it to a friend in the DMs, they're highly likely to follow you as well. Cool. So let's talk about the engagement Yes. Season. Are there any specific features of Instagram or types of content we need to create when it comes to the engagement side of it? Yes, absolutely. So outside of stories, when you're writing your caption, we all know this by now to include a call to action in your caption. Now, when this idea became popular, for the most part, we all just said things like, you know, like this post if or comment on this post if. But in 2020, the Instagram algorithm actually cares more about saves and shares. So when I'm writing a caption and I really want to generate that engagement, I'll ask people to save this post for XYZ reason. Oftentimes it's going to be a good um, info packed post that they can reference in the future. Or I'll ask them to share this post maybe with their fellow mom friends or with fellow business owners, whoever the audience is. And it's funny because when I look at my analytics of posts, people might look at my engagement sometimes and be like, oh, she didn't get a lot of likes on that post compared to how many followers she has. Well, I don't care about likes. What I'm looking at in my insights is who is saving this post and sharing this post. So I encourage you to use that as a call to action in your captions. Okay, rookie question here. Uh, mm -hmm. Sharing, can you only share to your stories? How does that work exactly? Because I know in the olden days there was this regram thing, but it wasn't really technically considered legit. So yeah. how does that work exactly? Yeah, the regram was an app, I believe, but it watermarked the post and it right. did not look great. So when you're on someone's post, and you love it, there's the little paper airplane button or icon right uh, on top of their caption. That allows you mostly two options. One is to share that post in a story 
And that's generally how I craft my content. I want it to be that type of content that people will share in their story, or it's also going to show a list of people in your DMs. So it will encourage you to type out someone's name or send it to someone as a DM. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. Um, a few more notes about the engagement season because that was specific to captions. Let's go back to stories. And remember with the visibility season, I mentioned there were three stickers that are amazing for visibility. Well, same thing for engagement. Again, Instagram has made so many great features for us marketers to connect with people. And there are a couple engagement stickers that you can use in your stories when you're just not sure how else to make engagement happen. So one is the poll sticker. That one's fantastic for people just to tap a button and engage with your story. There's also the question sticker. So that's where you you just leave an open-ended question and people can pop in their answers. I love the countdown sticker for whenever you are building anticipation for maybe a live, uh, open cart, um, you're teasing something. People can actually follow that countdown and get notified when it ends. So I love using that for launches. There's also the slider sticker. So that's, again, very easy. Just easy way for people to share their emotion about your story. And the algorithm loves this. Just out of curiosity, I've not used the slider one. What is it just two different options? Is it kind of like a poll? I mean, what's the difference? Yeah, it's like a long horizontal line and there's an emoji that kind of moves right at the start of it and you can customize that emoji. So the default is the heart eyes emoji, Hmm. but I can do the thumbs up emoji. I can do the 100 emoji, the poop emoji, whatever it is that I'm wanting someone to share in terms of an emotion. Hmm. So it's really easy because they can just drag to share. Yes, I'm this or no, I'm not this emotion. Perfect. Mm hmm. What about live? I mean, does do you also recommend that for engagement? Because I would imagine you can get amazing engagement when you go live, right? Yeah. So Instagram Live has recently changed. You used to go live in your stories, right? And then the replay would live in your stories for 24 hours. So what I found was if I didn't drum up anticipation and really let my audience know I was going to go live, I didn't have that many people show up live, right? Because what I'm assuming is they're in the app and they're going to be interested in catching my live. So what I found was the power of lives was in the replay. When people could watch the replay for 24 hours, that's when I got the views. Mm. What's new is that I think since quarantine, really, and so many people going live is what I've seen is Instagram now allows you to go live And now it's removed the ability to share it to your stories for 24 hours. All you can do now is bring it to your Instagram TV. So that's really cool because I used to go live, save a version to my phone, and then upload it as an IGTV. So now this is all done in one step within Instagram. Super cool. Or you just don't post your video. Like literally those two options now. I guess that's true. I haven't seen a lot of replays at all now that I think of it on Instagram. Yeah, I I got a little confused the first time I did this. I'm like, hmm, this isn't that great that I want to share to my IGTV. I'll just let it run in my stories. And I had to look it up on Instagram.com. It's they've removed that feature. So Hmm. um, and the thing is, when you're live, there's all these great engagement pop ups, um, like, you know, people's comments or the hearts. All of that's removed when it's converted to an IGTV. So it's just a new thing. Yeah. Anything else on engagement before we move on to the next one? 
I think we covered the most most of them. Another one that I love is the quiz sticker. This is, again, a really great tool for when you are closing sales and you want to get feedback from people. Um, and another one was the chat sticker, but I actually haven't seen that sticker around for a while. We have a whole bunch of new ones um, related to quarantine. So I think the chat one got booted out, but that's also a great one for engagement. Is quiz kind of a multiple choice questionnaire. Is that what that is? Is that how that's different than exactly. the poll? Oh, got it. Okay. Exactly. Poll is two options with the quiz. You can add more. And um, actually, I'll save this tip for once I get to the last season on how you can use it to close sales. Cool. Let's talk about lead gen. Yes. Lead gen. Okay. So oftentimes we will have a, a line in our bio that is pretty vague, like um, visit my website or DM me to chat. I like to generate leads through my bio. Okay, so we're not talking about stories, but we're talking about my bio. I like to generate leads through bio by being very specific as to what they can DM you. Uh, I want you to think specific and not broad. So let's say you're an astrologer, for example. You can say in your bio, DM me for a reading or DM me your birth date for a free reading. That gives people a reason to send you a message. Hmm. Another thing that I love to do is actually use a code. You can use a code in your bio or in your captions. This allows you to track by the number how many people read your thing, whether it's in your bio and your captions, and they DM you your code. So for example, one of my wedding photographer clients said, DM me coffee for a free add-on to your package. So he could track who just DM'd him coffee and he could see literally how many leads he was getting directly from Instagram. So a bit more manual, but I really like the code option for lead gen. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I uh, Facebook recently announced that you can now begin to manage all of your DMs in your uh, messenger messages uh, through the desktop, yes. which is kind of cool. So that way he can kind of easily manage all that, I would imagine, right? Oh, yeah. This this feature came out in the last month, even. And now when you go to Instagram.com on your desktop, you'll see that paper airplane symbol. This actually opens up your DMs. So if you're a typer like me, you can get through your DMs very quickly. Yeah, great point. Yeah. And, the, and what I was referring to actually combines Instagram and Facebook all in one. I recently saw oh. it on my business page. Yeah, It was like a pop-up thing that said, hey, get it all together. Just click this button here and boom, all of a sudden, all those Instagram DMs and all those messenger private messages to our page were all kind of in one interface. And I, I think Facebook's can been hinting for a long time that they were going to be integrating all these things together. And I think it's finally kind of rolling out. So that's exciting. Yeah, I think you're referring to the creator studio and it syncs your all your messages into one inbox. Exactly. But I think there might be something new related to all that, but that's super cool. So mm -hmm. what else on lead gen? Anything else on lead gen? Yeah. So going back to your stories, the poll option is great for lead gen. I love asking people a question and all they have to do is answer yes. But for the second option, I don't use no, because when people don't respond to your poll, that's an implied no. So instead, I'll, I'll say something like, hey, have you grabbed my brand new Instagram freebie? 
one poll option will say yes. And the second one will be send me the link. So that way. Ooh, smart. Yeah, because that way, when I look at who responded to the poll, I can swipe up and see every single profile who said send me the link. And Instagram actually makes it really easy for you because next to their name is a little paper airplane button, which opens up a DM thread with you with them in the same window. So literally I can say, hey, here's your link and then paste in the link to everyone who um, chose that option because DMs are powerful for leads. There, there is no limit to how many links you can send in the DMs. So I love um, generating leads through tactics like that. Well, and now that you can do it through the desktop, it also makes it a lot easier, I would imagine, to communicate that on your phone. Yes, absolutely. So what about closing sales? Yes. So I hinted at this, but with closing sales, and again, this is usually a a short spurt of a season, let's call it. With closing sales, the power is in the DMs. You want to drive your followers to private message you. And some people don't know DM stands for direct message. So I'll say DM just because it's shorter. But as much as you can, you always want to include a call to action for people to direct message you. Now, this could be in your captions, this could be in your bio, but it should also be in your stories. Every time you're doing a story, I like to do a sequence. So it's a sequence of at least three. The first story is the context. It could be, you know, you don't have to ramble on and say, hey, guys, I'm just thinking about blah, blah, blah. Cut to the meat and share the context of what you're about to share. The second story is the meat, the thing that you're sharing with them, right? So it could be the fact that it's the last day to get 25% off. The last story in the sequence needs to be a call to action simply to get people to reply to your story with any questions or Um, any comments, when they reply to your story, that's going to create the DM thread between the two of you. And that's really where you're going to close sales. So I love driving people to the DMs. I love that. Yes. One other, actually, there's two other features I love for closing sales. We touched on this a little bit, but polls and quizzes. Let's talk about quizzes because the quiz sticker is a great tool to ask people, hey, what's holding you back from joining? And then most people know what are the typical objections that people have, right? You can literally list all of the the popular objections as a quiz option. Hmm. And then people can choose like, oh, yeah, I don't have enough time or this is too expensive or I'm not sure this is for me. Then you can see who chose what option and then you follow up with them in a direct message based on what they chose. So if they said this is too expensive, you DM them and say, hey, Karen, I saw your answer to my quiz. I wanted to let you know I just released a payment plan. So now you can join at $97. That's just an example. So I really love using quizzes for um, allowing people to choose the reason why they're not joining and you follow up with them in the DMs. I love that. And you can have some pre-written, if you will, scripts for all the objections, right? Then you can customize them based on whatever you think you need. And do, do you find that a lot of times having these dialogues inside the DMs really do move people from being, you know, just curious to actually turn it into customers? Is that like a big deal that a lot of people are overlooking? Yes, I think it is. Like if you're not engaging with people in the DMs while you are doing a big sales push, 
you're leaving money on the table. I see this with students of mine often. They'll, they'll do some really smart things like um, anyone who's a hot lead for their product, they'll tag them as a close friend. Then they'll send stories that are only going to close friends. So they'll really cultivate like a deeper relationship. And they'll even take the time to DM every single person who's a close friend and manage those relationships. And oftentimes they'll say, Surprisingly, like majority of sales came from those Instagram DMs, those relationships built there. Because oftentimes as a customer, you're interested, you have a few questions, but when the person like who you're following actually replies to you, maybe they send a voice note, maybe they get on video and send you a video note. That takes your relationship to a whole other level. I was just going to say that, you know, if you could record an audio or video and send it over, that would be huge. I mean, I would imagine for a lot of people, right? Because that's the next best thing to actually talking to you in person. Exactly. And so I'm a last minute launcher, I got to be honest. But if in an ideal world, my only job during a launch is to show up publicly, like doing my lives, doing my emails. But the rest of my day is literally just messaging people on an individual basis. Anyone who even views my stories, I can send them a message and say, hey, it's Elise here. I just saw that you might be interested in joining and I wanted to pop in and see if you had any questions for me. I'm happy to help. It's like that one little message makes all the difference for people to know like, you know what? I think she'll actually care. She'll actually treat me like a human in this online program that I'm about to buy, for example. Yeah, and if you're a company like Social Media Examiner that happens to have a team, you know, you can have multiple individuals managing these different aspects of these things on the same account. So you don't have to do all the work yourself, which is kind of fun. Exactly. All right, well, this is amazing. Elise, if people want to discover more about all the amazing things that you're doing, because we've just scratched the surface, where would you like to send them? Well, I have a special gift for your audience. They can head to elisedharma.co slash SME. And there you'll find a link to get 16 free ideas and prompts for your Instagram stories. And of course, I've categorized them by the season of business that you might be in. So you can head to elisedharma.co slash SME and you'll get a chance to download 16 free Instagram story prompts and ideas all based around the seasons of business that you're in. Elise Dharma, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and insights with us on behalf of all my listeners. We really appreciate your time. Oh, absolutely, Mike. You can ask me to chat anytime and I'm happy to help. Thanks for having me. Hey, if anything was mentioned during the podcast episode and you missed it, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 411. That stands for episode 411. If you're new to the show, hit the subscribe button. If you've been a regular listener for a long time, I would love it if you let your friends know about this show. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week, I promise. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.